Hello and welcome to WN35 Music Podcast. I'm Robert Lee. As always, I'm joined by Kieran Makin. Kieran, uh, nice to have you with me again, again, again. Good evening and uh, good evening to Jay as well, who's also with us. Well, you've nicked me other line because I was about to say, <laughs> as always, we're also with Jay as well, uh, who is gonna, who's jumped, who's back back with us again. Uh, I, I think he took a, uh, he was with us on the last one, which was the 30th of September, which seems a lifetime ago now. Now we're in lockdown to electric boogaloo. Um, so you're back with us and we've got lots more music to discuss. Who would have thought in a time of a global pandemic when every politician and his dog is telling musicians to retrain that we can actually talk about music and uh, new albums coming out and the live scene producing music. So, Keith, I want to jump over to you quickly because we've got an hour notes here. Arctic Monkeys. Um, Arctic Monkeys is going to feature quite a bit in our podcast today. There are feet to finish, which we'll get to later on. But, um, yeah, from the 4th of December, they are releasing their new live album. So just a bit more about that, mate, if you know you know anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, we've had a few episodes, haven't we, now, where we've um, sort of had topics, really, like topics of discussion. Whereas this episode, I think it's just nice to just be, be able to talk about some new music that's coming out and just, yeah, just generally talk about and get excited about some some new type of music, especially from these guys at Acti Monkeys. It, although it's not new music as such because it's a live album, but just great for to see them releasing something and, you know, gets us excited for the future, what, what you know, might, that might hold for them and we'll get onto that a little bit later. But yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Rob. 4th of December 2020, they're bringing out a, a new live album, video and audio available on all your regular formats. Um, and it was a, it's coverage of a live show that they did actually, 7th of June 2018 at London's Royal Albert Hall on their uh, Tranquility, ba- Tranquility? Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino Tour. Um, which, you know, is an album that I would think it's fair to say divided opinion and I suppose we can get into that a little bit as well while we, while we discuss this. But um, yeah, it's the first live album after uh, six studio albums. Um, and, and, and the beauty of this one, uh, guys, is that, you know, all proceeds are going to charity War Child. And, you know, in these times we've spoken about, you know, how tough it is financially in all aspects of life, really, you know, people losing their jobs. And, you know, we, we spoke, as you've briefly mentioned already, Rob, about, you know, musicians say uh, musicians getting told they have to retrain you know it's easy to forget that charities are struggling as well and charities play a key role in all walks of life really so yeah really really nice touch i just think that's a a lovely gesture i don't know about you guys yeah i i mean charities like you said they play a huge part in in our way of life and there are some very important ones out there especially things like uh, mind and uh, and you know NSPCC and uh, you know the, I could list them all if if I could I'm not getting paid or you know specifically to plug them and they were the first two that, that came to my mind and especially mind in in considering at this time that we are where people are struggling with the mental health and, and you know Samaritans are, are another one for Arctic Monkeys to go all the money is going to go to a charity I think it's a it's a very very lovely gesture and it's I'm excited that there is music to look forward to on the horizon jay i don't know i don't know if you agree or to oh, yeah. controversial disagree <laughs> no i agree completely i think it's a fantastic gesture and just think like art monkeys is probably one of the biggest bands in the world at the moment or they have a very strong case for being one of them. and the fact that they could probably make a lot of money off this new album because 
the amount of people that will listen to it, like buy it, I'm probably going to be one of them. So I think it's fantastic to see that they are doing their bit as well while they can. Yeah, that, that I, you know, that's a good, a good, good point to make. That you know they're doing their bit whilst they can, and it just begs the question: Are we excited for a new album by the Arctic Monkeys? When I say new, rehashed version of an old tour that they have. But are we excited for music to come out and the chance to get? I think it's. I'm excited for the excitement of of something coming to be released. I don't know about you. I know it sounds daft, and the fact that. It's the 4th of December, so we've got about a month from when this is recorded to it being released. The, the excitement's already building. I don't know if anybody else has got that. Like I said, I'm excited for the excitement of it's coming out. Yeah, I watched the trailer today for the uh, the, the video version of it, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it, it was a tour that I've seen Night's Monkeys a couple of times, once at Leeds Festival and uh, once at the Manchester Arena. The Manchester Arena one was the Suck It and See tour. And Leeds Festival was um, when they headlined uh, during their AM tour. So it's been a while since I've seen them. And I never got the chance to uh, catch them on the Tranquility Base tour, which I was pretty disappointed with because, um, again, we can have this discussion a little bit later if we like about the Tranquility Base album. How it split, it's been, but I really, really liked it. I really liked the idea behind it. You know, it was a concept album. Um, you know, that's not always everybody's cup of tea, but I think it, you need a certain level of skill to write an album like that. So I'm just looking forward to really seeing those um, those songs come to life in, in in a live show. Really, even though you know I wasn't there, and plus it's it's probably going to fill a little bit of a void. You know, you can pretend you're at a gig almost. You know, because God knows when we're going to going to be able to go back to gigs. Um, so yeah, I am really excited. But I'm, I'm also you you were saying Rob about the excitement of just being excited. I've got the excitement of being excited about well, if the if they're releasing this live album. And I think Matt Elders has been putting a few cryptic images on his uh, Instagram. It looks like that potentially they could be back in the studio. So who knows what 2021 holds, you know. Fingers crossed everything gets back to normal and, and Night's Monkeys might be releasing another studio album. So, yeah, bring it on. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. And, and like Jay said, I'll, I'll probably be buying it at some point as well. I've got nothing else to spend my money on. <laughs> before, before we dive into Matt Elders teasing the world that Arctic Monkeys are back in the studio, potentially recording their seventh studio album, uh, Jay, I'm going to dive over to you quickly first uh, before I come back to you, Keith, is, and it's live albums. I want to ask, what are your opinions on a live album? I personally love them because, especially like with the Arctic Monkey ones coming out, like I've never been able to watch them live, but if I do get that album, it will give me sort of a taste of what they're like. I guess it doesn't quite capture the atmosphere. It doesn't get you the feeling of you being there. But it's still, you get to hear what they sound like live and you still get to, still get some sort of that atmosphere. Like I've got one of Liam Gallagher's live albums and I listen to that all the time because of like, yes, all the songs on there, I love them and I will listen to them without it. But it's that extra, like the crowd noises, like the, the fact you can actually hear it and it's being played live in front of you and not, not got that studio-esque sound. Yeah, it's not prim and, po- and proper and polished it is what you see is what you get kind of you know and to quote to quote arts and monkeys you know if, it, if it's not quite right you know live music doesn't always go quite right you've got to suck it and see what it's like you know um key what's your quick opinion on a on a live live albums yeah i think they're um they're quite crucial really jay made a good point about you know it gives you a taste of what this band would be like 
live if you've not already seen him. I mean, obviously, I mentioned that I've seen Active Monkeys, but for example, um, I, I listen to The Jam because of my dad, um, but obviously, for obvious reasons, I'm never going to be able to see The Jam or never will have done. But the first album I actually listened of The Jam was a live album. And, um, you know, it, it's just a different way of listening and, and hearing songs. You know, you, you can hear the polished versions of the studio, but hearing, you know, we'd all love to be at gigs and stuff, being part of the crowd, but hearing a crowd on a live album gives you goosebumps. Um, I mean, I bought a live album and we discussed it in an earlier episode, which was Liam Gallagher's MTV Unplugged um, gig in Hull, which was an acoustic gig. And you, d- you did wonder, like, with Liam Gallagher, you know, really known for his rock and roll vocals, doing a fully acoustic gig, how it would go. But the atmosphere sounded incredible. So, yeah, I think I think the crucial to to sort of the, the listening to music landscape, if you like, um, as long as you don't overdo them, I'd, I'd suggest. But people don't really tend to do that. I think they make sure they pick the right gig to, to release. Is a live album, if that makes sense. You know, they, they, they don't just pick any willy-nilly gig. It's one that they know is a, a special one. For example, Kasabian with For Crying Out Loud, they released their, um, the audio of their gig at the King Power Stadium, which obviously was a special a special gig for them for personal reasons and obviously a, a massive one with everything that went on in the city that year, you know, less than winning the Premier League. So, yeah, I'm absolutely, absolutely all for them, like Jay said, and uh, really, really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm gonna just you know make it three from three. I'm a big fan of um, live albums as well. I'm also gonna make it three from three that I do also on Liam Gallagher MTV Unplugged uh, version as well. And you know, live albums like you said, you've got the crowd on them. It gives you goosebumps. And I think if you got a live album and you know, and it, for me sometimes, especially with Liam Gallagher and you mentioned with the Jam as well, I listen to New Order live. They sound sometimes when they sound no different to when they've been recorded properly in a studio. It adds that extra element of actually we are listening to somebody or something very very special here. Um, so we're gonna I'm gonna quickly go back to Matt Helder's teasing, and I'm gonna come straight back to Yuki uh, because what do we think is in in store for the Arctic Monkeys in the near future? Yeah, I mean it's complete guess. Uh... Um, but I believe that they're going to have something up the sleeve next year, whether that's just releasing a couple of singles or, or bringing out an album. I feel like something's bubbling with the Arctic Monkeys at the moment. You know, they had they had a bit of a, a stretch of a hiatus, didn't they, after the AM album tour, which was around 2013, 2014. Then, obviously, Alex Turner went off and did his last Shadow Puppet stuff again with Miles Kane. They released their second album, I think it was around 2016 time. Um, saw them at Glastonbury, and, you know, they, them two make a really good... A really good matchup, so a good um, couple. You know the, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it was like five years, wasn't it? They released Tranquility Base in 2018, um, and then they've had they, they did a bit about a year long tour of that, and then they've had a bit of time off. I mean, everyone's had a bit of time off this year with for one reason or another, uh, mostly because of the bloody pandemic going on. Um, but yeah, no, I just feel like something's brewing with them. I'm really excited to see what direction they're going because you could argue that. They've done six albums. They've been six completely different things. You know, genre, the sound, the lyrics, everything just different about them, but they've all gone to number one. Um, like Jay said, the one of, if not, you know, arguably the biggest band in the world. Um, and super talented is Alex Turner. You know, love him or hate him. 
Um, he's a brilliant songwriter, and I think he's gonna. He especially will be one of them. Even though I think all the band are talented, you know, Matt Elders, we've mentioned him, is a superb drummer. But I think Alex Turner's one of them that, you know, when he's gone or when the Axe Monkeys are gone or whatever, um, I think we'll appreciate him more. If that makes sense, I don't know what you guys think. No, no, I I agree. I, I get what you mean. He's one of them that I think people trying to maybe find it cool to fa- to think. They don't like him and they don't like his music, but for me, he's a pretty talented guy and very, very good. Um, very, very good at what he does, along with Matt Helders. And I think that those two, especially, well, the, the, all of them really make Arctic Monkeys kind of what what they are because both could just go off and be solo and do what they wanted and they'd both be a success. But I think coming together and make makes them, you know, as good as as good as they are. Yeah, just quickly before Jay Jay jumps in, um, I think people could question or maybe did question Arctic Monkeys when they had that break, and you know, it's people are saying what they're going to do, where they're going from here. They could they could have called it a day because they've pretty much done everything you can do as a band, you know, and made loads of money, made great albums, and then when Alex Turner brought Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino to the band, the demos that he'd done because he recorded it in his home studio, you know, he he's openly admitted he was struggling on the guitar so he started writing on the piano and like I said it's a concept album the lyrics and the sounds and stuff are really out there and they do divide opinion and when he took it to the band the band did question it a little bit and he said this in interviews and I think Jamie Cook the guitarist suggested that he go and you know do it as a solo album but he was really keen for the band to get involved so you know there's if people are questioning that if Arts and Monkeys are lacking that hunger and desire to carry on I don't think that's the case I think they want to carry on you know, making tunes, making albums. It might. It's not going to be as sp- um, not sporadic. And he says sporadic. That's a. It's probably going to be a bit more. Yes, yeah, but spontaneous. It, it will be more spontaneous and sporadic than it was. You know, early on in the careers when you know they blasted out two albums. Whatever people say, I am and you know, uh, favorite worst nightmare rapidly. It's not going to be the case with that. But I think as a band, they've matured a lot, and you know that I think they've got that desire to to still carry on and make great music. Yeah, Jay, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that. Um, well, not really, but I just think it's, it's like it's good to see that a massive band like Arctic Monkeys are producing music because they want to and not because the the demand of people, we want you to do it, make this kind of music and this is it. I mean, that's probably why a lot of people might have been upset at the most recent album. I'm not going to attempt to say because I'll mess it up. But we all know what which one I'm talking about. But I just think it's good that that's the music that ultimately they wanted to make, and that's what they made. And I think that's very good to see from like the biggest band in the world, or one of them. Speaking of big bands and big talents, uh, I'm going to move this on to somebody else who is bubbling away and teasing people. I'll read something that Liam Gallagher put on on Twitter. He said, "Brothers and sisters, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open." I have a celestial announcement to make on Monday. Come on, you know, LG. Um, I think we can decide for that as much as we wanted to, but I think the cold hard facts is I think album number three is going to be on its way. I don't know if uh, if anybody else can read into that or give any any other thoughts of what's going on there. Yeah, to be fair, he, you know, he doesn't really cut any crap, does he? So <laughs> it's, it's probably self-explanatory, like you say. Um, it's worth pointing out, obviously, we're, we're recording this on the Sunday before said Monday in his tweet. So by the time we've released this podcast, we will have had the news. 
Um, yeah, so it's Sunday so the eighth of November now, and his yep. announcement is on Monday the 9th of November. So it's not like we're yep. being a bit dumb and missed it. When we no. recorded this, we don't just, know what it just is. Just got to clarify that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think it's um, if it's not an album, it's at very least um, a new tune. I'd imagine. Yeah, and looking forward to it. Um, you know, Jay obviously did the his Liam Gallagher super album on the on the last episode, and yeah, I just think um, both of his You'd be annoyed now both if his it's album... an absolute rammer, wouldn't you? And you, you can't put that in your super album. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna uh, have to redo it if it is. <laughs> I'll probably redo it. <laughs> but you know, both both of his um you know, the fact that he could do redo it again is just gonna, you know, back up my point that his first two albums, Why Me, Why Not, um and uh, As You Were before that were superb and you know, before before COVID hit and you know, the music world and pretty much the whole world went to standstill, he, he was riding a big wave of momentum, wasn't he, Liam Gallagher? His solo career, you know, people I think some people were willing him to fail because he's a bit brash and whatnot. And again, you have a love him or hate him, but um, it's certainly gone the completely. It's probably gone better than he would have expected, to be honest with you. I mean, um, you've thrown something in there. You said people want him to fail because he's brash. I find that with the with the Gallagher's, with Nolan Liam, because of who they are and where they've come from, people want to see them fail because they do carry that arrogance with them and that ignorance of, well, not ignorance, arrogance is definitely the right word and, I'm pretty sure Liam would take that as a compliment if you called him arrogant because that's what's made him, you know, a whirlwind in the rock and roll world. Um, I don't know if anybody's got any thoughts on that or it's just me that me that thinks that. I feel like Jay was about to jump in there or something. Yeah, well, I think that that kind of arrogance that both Gallagher's portray or might not portray, it might just really be them. Who knows? I've not met them, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I would love to. But I think because I was never really alive or never into music because I was still only a kid when Oasis was still a band. Yet there's a lot of people around like my age group that love Oasis because of that arrogance, like you were like would like you drawn to it. Because loving or hating, you will want to see what they're doing. And that's loads of people, loads of numbers going directly towards him. So he's always gonna be up there. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Key, Key's nodding away there in agreement. I yeah, think... no, I think it's it's what makes them, isn't it, really? I think Noel, Noel's arrogance stems from the fact that he knows he's a superb songwriter. Nobody can dispute that, unfortunately. Again, if you if you like or hate Oasis, but I've said it before, if you if you say you don't like Oasis, you're a liar. You, everyone likes some kind of Oasis. In, whether you're a massive fan or you just like Wonderwall, for example, everyone likes some kind of Oasis. But Noel's arrogance stems from the fact that he's such a good songwriter and it, it's justified. He's created some of the greatest songs of all time that will live on. Liam's arrogance was a bit different, which you know Jay said. It's that was more of his aura, wasn't it? It was more of his ego, personality. What made him the front man that he was? And listen, you know he he, he said some things that he probably regrets, um, some daft things, but that's who he is. That's why people remember him. That's why you go and watch him because you know you you don't want to be boring do you? you you want to have some kind of personality about you um you know music as much as it's about creating good songs it's about entertainment it's an entertainment business and you know you get that whether you watched oasis or you, you watch liam gallagher on his own so um yeah listen you you love our hate it but um i'm firmly in in the love category looking forward to if he is going to release a new album seeing what it brings 
seeing if he can carry on with that momentum that he's he's really you know kickstarted with his solo career. And uh, you know, I just think back to when he first released Wall of Glass, and I was I can't remember where we were going, Rob, but we're in your car, and it was the first time we'd listened to it together on the radio, and you you were just like, "This is the best song of the year." And I just think about where he's gone from there to now. Been crazy. You've got me stumped there because where were we going? Because he released it at the Manchester One Love Festival in 2017. See, this is it now. You've stumped me. I think we went to Frankie and Benny's for tea. Genu- genuinely. I-, I remember it was on the car park at. Uh, we're, we're across the road from the cinema. Anyway, people won't know where I'm on about if they're not from Wigan. But <laughs> Frankie and Benny isn't a thing anyway. Anyway. We're, we're digressing. We're going to go back to Liam uh, and him being the absolute showman that he is because there were videos emerged and pictures emerged of him sailing down the Thames on a barge and it looked like he was filming a video for something. So maybe the celestial announcement is that it's just a new music video coming out for one of his songs. That it, and if that's so, it's going to be biblical. Um, but yeah, just let's let's talk about that, sailing a barge down down the Thames to do a music video. Okay, I'm going to jump to you first on that. I mean, have you have you seen the video? Have you seen the pictures of it? I mean, I think that just screams Gallagher all over that. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Um, you know, Radio X shared it. I think that's where I saw it. Um, yeah, just, it kind of just backs up what we were saying, really, about his arrogance and, and his ego. And he'll know, he'll know deep down that it's, you know, it's just so audacious. Like, look at me, sailing on a boat down the Thames, you know, Through whether he's recording a video or whether he's recording a video or not, you know, it's it, attention. But you know, it's probably a marketing thing as well. You know, that's what you do. You build anticipation. You grasp the attention of people. Now everyone's going to be waiting, aren't they, for this announcement on Monday? Um, so yeah, call it what you want, but it's 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 clever, and you know, I, I love the guy. So um, yeah, crack on as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on for me as well. Now, somebody else, we're on the Gallagher, so I'm gonna. I know Keith's been talking, and Jay, I will come back to you soon, brother. Don't don't worry, you just get comfy. Uh, we've been talking about one Gallagher. We're going to quickly talk about the other Gallagher, and that's Noel. Uh, he's been working with uh, Jordy, the Jordy Gem, is what is how Kieran dubbed him, Andrew Cushing. Uh, you know, Key, let's just talk about Andrew Cushing for a few minutes and the. Just was just out of nowhere in his his soccer AM um, performance. Yeah, this guy is super talented. Um, if you've not listened to him yet, or you don't you don't even know who he is, just just search him on Spotify and listen to his track so far. Um, he's got three. Uh, his most recent one was "My Family Gone," was produced by Noel Gallagher. And we'll come back to that, but he's also released "Waiting for the Rain" and it's going to get better. All three are superb. Um, yeah, as Rob says, I um, I didn't know who this guy was until I watched Soccer AM a couple of weeks ago, and he recorded a live performance and he, he performed "Where's My Family Gone," and I was just blown away by the sort of emotion of the song. And straight away, this was before I knew he was involved with No Gallagher. I said, "This has got a No Gallagher sound, a No Gallagher feel to it." Turns out that you know No worked on the track with him and produced it. Um, and I, and I wrote in my review on the website that you know you can. In, in all three of his songs, actually, you can hear um, a sort of Noel Gallagher chasing yesterday feel to it. Maybe a, a dig out your soul away feel. Uh, you know, I think songs like Falling Down. Um, and, and in one of his songs, I can't remember off the top of my head, it's in my review, which you can read on wn35music.com. Um, very similar, very 
big similarities to the Verve and, and mainly Richard Ashcroft. It was the opening line of one of his songs just struck me. It was um, very, very uh, similar sort of uh, melody to um, They Don't Know Me. Uh, they Don't Own Me, sorry, by uh, Richard Ashcroft. So, yeah, he's taking um, inspiration from some of the best. But I don't want that to sound like, I don't want it to sound like he's just copying them because he's not. Um, the, it's not just work from someone else, somewhere else. This guy is uh, talented. So go and check him out. You might like him, you might not. But I feel like he's got a really big future, to be honest. Um, I'm really pleasing just to see not only new music being released, uh, but upcoming artists, you know, breaking through in these tough times, probably the toughest times to do so. Um, so, yeah, Andrew Cushing, get on him. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say, Wait for the Rain is the one that sounds like the Verve. Um, well, Richard Ashcroft especially, because that was the thing that um, first drew uh, uh, drew my attention. Where's My Family are very, very emotional song. Um, and very good. Uh, so three crackers there from Andrew Cushing. Uh, Jay, I don't know if you've listened to the Georgie Gem at all, uh, but we're going to come to you anyway, Jay, because what podcast would not be complete without talking about the Blossoms, who did you know, now this is a fact here, now this is a fact that we only found out today, that the Blossoms are from Reddish, well sorry, from Stockport, and Jay is also from Stockport, who we did not know that, it's... we've done eight episodes and did not know that. Who would have known? We did, but... we did really. <laughs> As I keep saying that, the Blossoms are the next best thing since sliced bread, everybody knows that, fact. But they have released a new double album. So we talked briefly about it in a previous podcast where they were doing songs inside their own home because of lockdown. They've now released all them songs, along with their live album, links very nicely, their live album from the plaza. So like their homecoming gig in Stockport of like their newest, their newest album, then Foolish Living Spaces, and throwing like their, their classics like Charlemagne and stuff. And I just think... It's a fantastic album because for quite a young band, it's already their fourth album and the range of music that's on all the albums is unbelievable in my mind. I think the talent on show by all of them is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, over lockdown, they weren't really a band before lockdown that I gave much time to. During lockdown, gave them a bit more time. And yeah, I, I can definitely agree with your statements. Key, I don't know if you've Got any thought about the old Stockport Faithful, the Blossoms? I'm on about the Blossoms, not Jay, of course, with the old Stockport Faithful. Yeah, um, they gave us something to talk about, didn't they, early on in, in, in well, in the in the lockdown, first lockdown, um, lockdown you know. One. Yeah, lockdown one. They're a talented band. Um, again, three albums in, and they're probably, again, they were probably riding a bit of a wave of momentum, to be honest with you. Uh, with the third album, Foolish Loving Spaces, I feel like um, they did they did go down the sort of uh, bit more of the pop avenue with that album, bit more radio play perhaps. But that's just the way things go in music. You know, they've they've built up a cult following with the first two albums. The first album is is fantastic, um, and and they've basically just built on that, haven't they? Really, you know, they built on the popularity, the success that they've had. They did the homecoming gig which had been released in album, but they also played Edgeley Park as well, didn't they, Jay? Uh, Stockport's Ground. And now, you know, they've almost said, right, well, if listen, some people might not like it, but we'll do a bit more of a pop, radio-friendly album, shall we say. There's some great tunes on it, don't get me wrong. 
But now it's just that's going to take them on to the next level. So it's just inter- going to be interesting to see what the future holds for them. And yeah, brilliant. They've, they, you know, they've provided us with laughs, but some great covers as well. You know, during lockdown, I, re- I particularly enjoyed the uh, Tame Impala cover they did with Miles Kane. And you know, Jay Jay pointed out as well. You know, they were doing daft things like playing potato peelers and cardboard boxes for acoustics and stuff like that. So, you know, not only were they entertaining us, they were they were keeping us smiling. So, yeah, cracking little band. Um, very talented. Going to be very interesting to see what they're doing in the future because they have the potential to to be huge. So um, they've got that hardcore following behind them now, which is you know everything you need in music. If they can just attract a few more fans, um, you know through the radio play, which I've said, um, you know songs like Your Girlfriend is going to pull people in no matter what what songs you like, no matter what genre of music you like. It's very very catchy. Um, so yeah, excited to see what 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 the future holds for them. Yeah, I agree. I want to keep uh, um, what, uh, a new bit of music that I'm just going to expand, expand even our horizons a little bit because we have talked a lot about uh, the north, the north of England with Arctic Monkeys, Lynn Gallagher, and the Boston. I'm going to quickly jet over the pond. Um, not about the presidential election. I'm not going to talk about or discuss that. Uh, I want about the Foo Fighters. Um, they're going to be releasing their tenth, tenth, just. Let that sink in. 10th studio album on the 4th of February next year, um, which is called uh, Medicine at Midnight, um, which I very much enjoyed the last album, but the name of it has uh, escaped me. I think it's Concrete and Gold, um, which is a superb album, run one of my favourite songs on there, and they played it live. They were amazing at the Etihad. Uh, but one of the songs from this album, uh, which, again, Midnight, uh, Medicine at Midnight, is shame shame that is out now and you can listen to that it, get on their twitter the teasing loads of the music that's coming out uh they're not even being coy about it like matt helders is or you know saying there's celeste announcements they're just going bang we're getting new new, new music coming out and yeah i'm looking forward to that uh, so again uh, so it's the 5th of february next year not the 4th of february but get on that 10th studio album with the food fighters and that's medicine at midnight and i have a feeling it's going to be massive it's going to be a good one so crack on with that one now whilst we like to talk about new music we're going to talk about more of it because we just like talking about new music and we talk about upcoming artists but we're going to bring it even more northwest than just manchester forget manchester manchester isn't quite northwest enough we're going to bring it all the way to wigan because wigan is on the rise on the music scene and i'm going to kick us off because uh, last week, uh, just gone, I spoke to Joe Astley, who's a Wigan artist, up and coming. Um, he's got th- uh, four very good tunes out at the moment. He's got Anthem of the North, Revolution Postponed Live, uh, Planet 99 and Rags, uh, Back to Rags. Uh, four huge songs, but he's recording a new EP as we speak. In fact, he's probably finishing the last little bits and pieces off before it comes to release. It's got six tracks on it. And every single one of them is a stomper. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've had a tease. I've had a listen to three of the songs off the album. And I feel privileged at this point that I can say that I've had a listen to this album. And it's massive. It's honestly, this is huge. We were on about before how Andrew Cushing had that verve sound to it. Joe Astley's got this as well. He's also got a bit of a David Bowie sound in there. Of course, don't forget his Bob Dylan influences. Honestly, these are going to be 
they're going to be huge. Um, you know, and that interview will be coming up on the WN35 Music uh, website this week. If you're listening to it when this was released, it will be on the website this week. If you're listening to this podcast in like a month's time, you've missed it. So go back and go back and find it. But if you're listening to this podcast, like I said, this week when it's released, um, you are in for some absolute gems. And the first, in fact, the only single I think that's going to be released um, off that EP is going to be uh, uh, a song called TV Fantasy. Uh, honestly, I cannot express how how big these these songs are. It's huge, um, and he's he's teamed up with well, he's created what's called the Wallgate Band, and it's a huge section of strings, saxophone, uh, drum, everything you want. And for me, it's, I've not heard sounds like this for a long, long time in music. So it's going to be big, and definitely, definitely, definitely get on it and look out for that interview. Um, he had his, a big break with uh, Anthem of the North because he was on Radio X and BBC Merseyside. It was endorsed by Wigan Warriors and Wigan Athletic. Um, so, yeah, Joe Astley, watch out for him because he is he is coming. Um, he's, he's coming. I don't know if anybody, wants to, anybody else has got an opinion on Joe Astley or is it just me? Just a one-man band just banging the drum for him on my own. I've listened to uh, Anthem... Is it Anthem for the North? Anthem of the North, sorry. Anthem um, for the North. Yeah, that's the only one I've listened to. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll be giving him more time um, just because he was kind enough to give us and yourself, Rob, some of his. And obviously, you've seen firsthand sort of the things that he's got in the pipeline. Very exciting times. And, you know, he's not the only one carrying the flag for Wigan. I think we've mentioned before music success um, apart from The Verve and, and Richard Ashcroft so it's very nice to see you know things that are coming up you know you've got Joe Astley um, who you mentioned were endorsed by the two sport clubs in, in turn you know Warriors and, and Wigan Athletic um, but obviously he was clubs... endorsed by the best sports club in Wigan which is Oral Rugby Union but we can let that one <laughs> do Oral Rugby Union have a PA system that they can uh, or is it just your dad stood there with a Bluetooth speaker <laughs> I, I, I sing it as I'm running around the rugby pitch. <laughs> well, Revolution postponed you know, as I'm trying to score a try. That'll do. That'll do. Oh, and anything to get get the word out there. Um, but the the you know the, the sporting clubs have also endorsed the, the other bands that are coming up. You know the the Lilacs who, you know, you wrote a piece Rob on. They're going to be releasing their new single Sally. End of this 27th month. Twenty seventh November. Twenty seventh November. And 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 the Lavams, um just flew, flying, you know, out of nowhere. They released a couple of EPs early on, you know, and they signed the record label, a deal with the record label. We spoke about that in earlier episodes. But recently, you know, they're going from strength to strength, even during the lockdown. I'm sure they'd love to get out there and tour some of these tunes, but, they, you know, they just released the new Ghost EP um, that features Corporation Street, All My Life, Foolish Parlay. But the, um, the main track off that is ICL Ghost, which they performed on, you know, prestigiously. On Jules Holland, you know, you, you, you go on Jules Holland, um, it's almost like a, a a more calmer version of Top of the Pops almost, but it gets you, you know, that airtime and that coverage where, you you know, you, you almost start building a bit more of a national identity. Um, yeah, and I see our ghost is a really catchy tune. And those guys, are, you know, flying the flag for Wigan as well. So Wigan music is on the rise. Um, I know Jay is a, is a Stockport resident, but because he's... Pals with us too, Rob. I'm sure he'd be very proud 
proud of us. Um, it's an adopted. But yeah, no, it's, it's amazing to see. It, it really is. And I wish all these guys the very best. Um, and hopefully, you know, things get back to some kind of normality and they can get out there on the road and just continue to just go from strength to strength. Yeah, and just be- just before we move on, there is one other band in Wigan which I'm furiously searching uh, through through the Twitter sphere to find. And I believe it's Fletcher's band. Yeah, they there's have... Fletcher's and uh, the Stanleys as well, yeah, who they... recently did a video at the DW Stadium. Um, so, you know, fantastic. To, just great to see. I can't really express it more than that and keep going guys keep doing keep doing your thing and i believe fletch's band have also have brought out a new a new song um which i can't think of it just now but i'll chase it up so look out for that on the wn35 media website local focus is hyper local with wigan and wigan is on the up maybe not in the football terms but definitely in the music music industry i'm sorry for that low ball over there key Oh, no, it's just it's just a fact of life, mate. You, don't worry, I'm I'm embracing the pain these days. <laughs> embracing the pain. Well, there's lots of music that you can listen to that can surely help you on the way. So you know, it's good time to be, you know, part of part of part of Wigan, part of Wigan music. And just before we go, because I can get I can get bring Jay in on this, and we get to talk about the blossoms. Now this is amazing. The Lathams are supporting the Blossoms on the European tour, which I think's a quality lineup for the two. The two to take it on together, really. Uh, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that, Jay. Yeah, I think it's fantastic because I may or may not have said this on the podcast before, but I love the Blossoms and I think what they do is amazing. I, I, I know, shocked. I, I know it's very shocking, but. I'm also a massive fan of the Lathams. Like I'm a massive fan of all the bands, all the upcoming artists from Wigan that you mentioned there. It's one of them where you tell me to listen to it, I listen to it, it goes straight onto my normal playlist because that's how much I enjoy it. So the fact that they're going out and getting that extra like extra fans there, like people from the Blossoms, will then see them, and I think it will bring a lot more people to the Lathams, and I think that's going to be fantastic for them because they can really like bounce off it and like ride a wave of momentum. Jay, just a just a quick question. We have just thought of this. Um, obviously, Lathams will have their own ideas about what they want to do, you know, with their music sort of journey and career. But what what do you think they can learn from you know touring with a band like Blossoms and you know just seeing the path that they've taken as well? You know, what what kind of things can they pick up and you know that that kind of thing really? It's just a great experience to go on tour with someone yeah. like that. I think because while the Lathams, they've definitely got their own sound, which is important for a young man young band but I think what they can find from the Blossoms is like the creativity aspect of it because I don't think two Blossoms songs sound the same it mental the amount of songs they have released I don't think any of them sound the same and of like different sounds or different ways of writing because I know I saw an interview with the lead singer Tom talking about your girlfriend where he he wrote that by going to just online forums and literally taking words that people have wrote on the online forums and putting them into the song so I just think that that creativity aspect of like making songs and then how to perform them to the fullest potential will be really good for the Lathams to see and pick up on it. Do you think the stagecraft as well will be a big one? I mean, I know the Lathams will have a stagecraft of their own, but for something of that size and a tour of that size, obviously 
they're going to learn from a big band that's already going around the world and playing to thousands of people. Is that something that they're going to be able to maybe pick up pick up pointers on more than anything? Oh, definitely, definitely. Because I know when I went to go watch the Blossoms, you could really tell that they had that presence that you really need to be a success. And they had it. They all came out in like matching suits, but like different colours, so that that variation. But they were all together still. And I think they really commanded the stage and commanded everybody's attention in front of a thousand people. So it'd be good for the Lathams to see that and experience it and then do the same on the tour as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I think kind of we've spoken about everything Wigan and everything local um, for, for this section. The one last thing I do want to say is, Joe Astley, if you are listening, uh, I'll buy the beer next time. Uh, and thank you very much for letting me come to the, the bowels of the galleries, shopping centre to your little rehearsal rehearsal spot and you know your home away from home so local focus wrapped up gents and now it's time now it's time for the feature finish key do you want to explain the feature finish i just stopped you from getting a drink there i feel bad now yeah i forgot that i forgot momentarily that this was my time to shine but i'm just going to repeat what i usually just say anyway um, you know, feature finish is uh, you know what we wrap up with on our big podcast episodes, um, and effectively, usually one of us um, will be tasked with a band, and then they have to create a ten-track super album from the releases of said band, and then we immortalise the super album via the medium of Spotify playlist. Um, this week's artist is you know we started with them, and we're going to end with them. It's going to be the Arctic Monkeys. This is going to be difficult, but um, Rob's going to lead. Rob's going to lead it, but the three of us are going to get stuck into this and do our own. Um, first time we've ever done that, so um, don't know. Let's just, let's just get right into it because this could take a while. <laughs> Rob's going to lead, but Rob's going to cry because he's got a, a list longer than his arm of what I want to include and ten slots, which have already got four spots taken, which, which is a dangerous game. Now, before the podcast, I will, I will say before the podcast. Uh, I said, I bet you can't guess to, to Key and Jay uh, what my last song would be. Now, just so then the whole world can be part of this, Key said it would be a certain romance. Jay would said it would be 505. And I, I let them know that one of them was right. And I will announce the winner in a bit. So we're going to go to the first song on the album, uh, which I'm going to start with... I'm just, I, I've got to rip into it straight away. I'm go, I'm going Brian Storm. I, I don't care what people think. Brian Storm, two minutes, bish bash bosh, in your face, done, straight in. Don't care, you're having it. And then second, I'm going in for Are You Mine because that's where it should should appear on the album. And I can see Jay celebrating. Yes, Jay. I don't know if Key's got it in his. Forget him if he's not. Are you mine? Come on, the boys. And then um. Third, I'm with uh, Fake Tales of San Francisco, which I didn't have in until I said the words Fake Tales of San Francisco, but it's going in. How how are, how are you two looking on your your lists at the minute? I've got Keep two watch, of these so far. Watch, what's your opener? So I've gone for um I've gone for the view from the, the I can't speak. The view from the afternoon is my opening tune. You know, it opens the very first album. Um, and I just think it's brilliant. It's in your face. 
I love the sort of guitar link up between Jamie Cook and Alex Turner. Um, I just love the lyrics in it. You know, the the really clever and witty. You know, the the I want to see you take the jab, uh, jab out of the fruit machine and put it all back in. You got to understand it. You can never beat the bandit. I just think that's superb. Um, but then uh, Rob, I'm following in your footsteps. I've gone Brian Storm second, and then uh, and then Are You Mine third. Uh, so it's a big opening trio. Um, Huge opening yeah. trio. So I will not reveal any more than that because you've only done three. I don't know if Jay wants to reveal his first three and we can cross-examine. Well, I'll go with my first three and I'll let you know now. It's three for three for Are You Mine and Brian Storm. But at number one, I have Do, do I Want to Know? Oh, Opening the album up. And then following straight from Are You straight into Are You Mine, just nicking from AM basically, and then Brian Storm in at number three, really kicking off the album. That is just that's a slow builder, that in it. Uh, do I want to know into Are You Mine into Brian Storm? You're just building everybody's heart rate and blood pressure there. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, number four currently sits vacant for me, as I'm currently looking. However, I'm going to make an executive decision and put in uh, uh, I've lost it now one for the road one for the road is going to go in at number four and I've kind of gone for your A side B side kind of uh, kind of style so I've gone for Suck It and See is the last song on that what would be side A just to kind of tone everybody down Um, so one for the road one for the road is number four, and then suck it in season number five. Uh, number six, um, oh, do I come back in with an absolute stomper again? I think I might have to. Oh, but now I'm stuck between Teddy Picker and Fluorescent Adolescence. Oh, I don't know. You two jump in quickly with four and five. Well, I've, I think I've also gone for the I've also gone for the A side B side combination. Um, so obviously, view from the afternoon, Brian Storm, are you mine? Um, and it's you know carrying on rock and roll. So I've gone back to back AM tracks. So after are you mine, I've gone for Arabella. I think Arabella is um, the that AM was very rock and roll. That was the theme in the album. I think Arabella is probably the most rock and roll on that album. The guitar solo is just out of this world. The lyrics, again, are fantastic, especially the end bit. Um, to, uh, sorry, towards the end, the uh, uh, Surround the Mexican Coke makes you wish you were the bottle. That bit, I think that's just superb. So Arabella. So I've gone for four, like, just in-your-face bangers, and then just to, you know, tone down side A, I've gone for a, a nice soft ballad with um, Cornerstone from Humbug. Which is it's genius, Cornerstone. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, very emotional song, uh, and probably arguably the best track off that album, which is underrated. I do think it's the, if I had to pick, I think it would be the the weakest Arctic Monkeys album, but I still think it's good. Um, yeah, so Cornerstone wraps up my A side, if you like. Jay, I don't know what you've got for your uh, last well, two tracks. The A side, if you're following that pattern. Well, for. Because I started off with a three slow, like slow burners into a proper heavy finish from Brainstorm. But then we're toning it down afterwards because we need a rest. The heartbeat cannot take it. The neck can't take all the head banging. So at number four, I've gone for Mad Sounds. 
which might not make it onto other people's list, but it's one of them songs, when I listen to it, it just gets me. I, I can't explain it. It's just something about it where I think, yes, yeah, yes. Then following that up, like while Robert and Key were talking, I was madly scribbling away, changing my mind, changing this and that. But I've decided I'm not changing back. I've gone for Riot Van from the first album at number five. Some leftier ones. Hmm. It's flying it's these. Blurring. I think I've got some more coming as well. I'm not sure though. See, I'm, I've whilst you were talking, I filled up four of my second five, the B side, and I'm currently stuck with number eight looking very vacant and um i'm looking through the album i'm going to say this now if anybody's listening and he's waiting for me to say i bet you look good on the dance floor you you can switch off now because i'm sorry you don't make it it was a a brilliant track to burst onto the spotlight with but that's where it stays for me and unfortunately I'm, i'm not i'm not having it i'm not having it so yeah, I'm currently stuck with um, Teddy Picker, Florent Nassalesson, Don't Sit Down Because I've Moved Your Chair, Red Light Indicates Doors Are Secure, and From Rich to Rubble, all fighting for that final spot on my album. Uh, so I'm going to give you the first two on the second side, which one of them I think is going to be left field, and one of you might have guessed that I've got this in, but I'm not going for your hard-hitting beginning song on side b i'm saying soft and i'm going for fireside which is probably one of the better love songs for me um just for the just for the line i can't explain but i want to try that for me sits in there um and uh, that place down memory lane you like you know still looks just, the same but something about it's changed yeah Quality. look at that i mean Quality. fireside no, st- straight in there for me these are the songs you overlook though do you know what i mean and i've certainly overlooked a few it's just so hard um, and this brings us back to that uh, to the the point about spotify and owning vinyls and listening to songs on cds and properly is you overlook songs like this but if you are forced to listen to them then that you, you do come up with crackers. And I'd forgotten about Arabella. And unfortunately, it doesn't make it for me. Why do you only call me when you're high? Almost made it, but unfortunately, doesn't. Uh, in seventh position on my album is four stars out of five off uh, uh, Tranquility Ho- Base Hotel and Casino, which is the only one that finishes. Unfortunately, Humbug isn't going to get a song on my album. Uh, which is a shame because uh, it's it might not be their best album, but it's still a good album. So uh, I'm going to think over number eight, and then Key and Jay, I'm going to throw back to you for the oh for songs six and seven. Well, I'll go through just because I'm conscious of time. I'll go through my whole side B if you want. Um, I'm going to start side B with four out of five actually, Rob. Um, again, same as you. It's my only. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino Tune. Um, again, lyrics are genius. Um, obviously, the the whole concept of Tranquility, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is about a hotel and casino that's based at Tranquility Base on the moon. And four out of five is just about the ratings that it gets. And it, it you know, sounds bizarre when you know when you when you, when you talk about it like that, but it's just fantastic. And I love the ending. The outro is is brilliant. 
Um, and then I've wound it all the way back to the first album after that with When the Sun Goes Down. Nothing else to say other than an absolute banger. And it goes off live. And then here's my my two my two sort of left field ones really. Suck it and see personally is my favourite Arctic Monkeys album. Not saying it's the best, but it's my personal favourite. Um, I've gone for you know two back to back tunes off that, and it's uh, the first one is Hellcat Spangled Chalalala. Super um, song. Just really, I really like the psychedelic vibes. Again, a lot of it doesn't make much sense lyrically, but the psychedelic sort of you know twist your mind fantasy vibes of it is great. And then. Um, the last track of Suck and See, which I think is one of the best Arctic Monkey songs, is genius. Again, Rob, a bit of a bit of a love song. Um, it's That's Where You're Wrong. Fantastic. Um, so good that I've got the lyrics on my lock screen on my phone. Um, <laughs> Must and be then I'm, I'm, Oh, it's brilliant. I, I'd fully, thoroughly recommend that song. Uh, it gets so overlooked. It's brilliant. Um, and then I'm wrapping it up with A Certain Romance, which is my favourite Arctic Monkey song of all time. Um, the lyrics in that are brilliant again. Um, so raw and and it, you know because they were they were quite young lads then and they just speak about life really. And my favourite bit is the bit where it says, um, "Over there, there's friends of mine. What can I say? I've known them for a long, 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 long time, and they might overstep the line, but you just can't get angry in the same way. And it's true. Like when your best mates are doing your heading, you you get you get upset with them, but never never in the same way as you know you would with anybody else because that's just that's just the way it is, isn't it? So yeah, that's mine. I mean. I'll let Jay do his, and then you can finish off, Rob, and then we'll uh, the three of us will just reel off tracks one to ten, and so it's clear for everybody. But Jay, over to you. Well, like both of you, I didn't believe the hype, and I have not got "Would You Look Good on the Dance Floor" in at all. But like Keith, at number six, I've got four out of five making its way in, and then number seven, I've gone for "Fluorescent Adolescent." I have to really concentrate to get that out there. I think it's an amazing tune, and it's. The first Arctic Monkey song that I listened to, because I came to the party late, like I listened to that song first, and that's what really opened my eyes towards them and made me look into more of the songs. And then at number eight, I've got When the Sun Goes Down, like he said, fantastic song. I love it. Then number nine, I've gone with I'll arguably my favourite song. It's Between This or Are You Mine. And I've gone with Mardi Bum at number nine. I toyed with the idea. I toy with the idea of Mardi Bum, to be honest with you. Again, it's just one of them songs where it, I, I, it just gets me. Just for some reason, I always love it when I listen to it. Even I have it on in the background while doing other stuff. I find myself singing along to it without even knowing. And then to round off my super album, I've gone with what is, in my opinion, the only correct last song with Five Hundred Five. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I'm going to finish off mine because I finally got number eight. And it took me, whilst you were all talking, to sing through the remaining songs that I've got in my head of which one resonated. And I got it down to three. I got it down to From Rips to Rubble, Teddy Picker and Fluorescent Adolescence. But it was Fluorescent Adolescence that nicked it. Uh, In number nine... Now, this is scary because, Jay, I had exactly the same thought of you. And it's, now then, Mardi Bum, I've seen your frown and it's like looking down the barrel. of, And it just goes off. And the song just goes off. It's a superb song, so that's in at number nine. And for me, number ten, it's the best Arctic Monkey song that's been written. And I will happily argue with anybody uh, to that it's not 
And it's also, I agree with Jay, the only right closing song, and it is 505. Superb song. Uh, so that rounds out my super album as well. Keith, did you have 505 on your super album? I can't remember if you said it or not. No, I didn't. I went with the only right song to end an album, and that is a no. certain romance. <laughs> no, no, 505. So, Just for the Marge Simpson meme is enough for me. <laughs> uh, so, on, Rob, if you reel yours off one to ten, then I'll do mine, and then Jay, and then I will immortalise all three of them. In, wow. into a and tomorrow, whilst I'm working, I'm going to listen to all three, and I'm going to decide that mine is the best, even more. Uh, but no, uh, my my Arctic Monkeys super album that will be immortalised in the medium of a Spotify playlist, this Key's famous lines, cut through the airways as always, is number one, Brian Stone from Favourite Worst Nightmare. Uh, number two, Are You Mine from uh, the 2013 AM album. Number three, Fate Tales of San Francisco from their debut album. Uh, number four, One for the Road from AM as well. Uh, number five, Suck It and See from the Suck It and See album. Uh, number six, Fireside from AM. Number seven, four stars out of five from Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, the title of an album that needs the most concentration. Uh, number eight, Fluorescent Adolescent, again from Favourite Worst Nightmare. Number nine, Maddie Bum from their debut album. And number 10, the right, correct choice to finish a super album is 505 from Favourite Worst Nightmare. 1 to 10 for me is number one, The View from the Afternoon. Number two, Brian Storm. Number three, Are You Mine? Number four, Arabella. Number five, Cornerstone. Number six is four out of five. Number seven, When the Sun Goes Down. Number eight, Helka Spangled, Shalalala. Number nine, That's Where You're Wrong. And number ten, the only ending <laughs> song that should ever be on a Night's Monkey's Out, A Certain Romance. <laughs> well, my number ten. So do I want to know first, Are You Mine? Second, Coming in at number three is Brian Storm. Then Mad Sounds followed by Right Van at four and five. Four out of five at six. Um, seven being Fluorescent Adolescent. Eight, When the Sun Goes Down. Nine, Mardi Bum. And ten, definitely the only correct answer. And it's two to one, so we're right. Five oh five. Do you know what, I'm, do you know what I'm feeling here? I'm feeling a Facebook Twitter poll. What is the best Arctic Monkeys closing song? Five oh five or a certain romance? Get it done. Five or five. I'll vote on as many different accounts. I'll be I'll be dragging I'll be in my work account. Pops. I'll be <laughs> pops, you know, sending it, flooded it. But you can give us uh, your thoughts when this podcast go out. You'll be able to find it on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and on Anchor. It'll also be on our website, which is wn35music.com, uh, which you can also catch on social media: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, the whole world. Basically, we exist in. Uh, Find us if you find Zach's brilliant um, graphics that pop out. Um, you know you've found us. They're all orange. You'll find the orange vinyl as our logo. Click on it. Give us your thoughts. Give us a listen. Give us a like. And you know, if you're if you're a new band as well, if you're in the local area and you want you want some writing done about it, we're happy to do that. So WN35 Music hit us up on every single platform. Uh, I've been Robert Lee. I've been joined by Kieran Making and Jay, uh, the tremendous trio as always we've been as they give us a good salute. Thank you very much for your time, chaps. Not a problem. Been an absolute pleasure this evening. It's been a pleasure as always. As always. And we know 
that the definite final song on an Arctic Monkeys album should be 505. You've been listening to the WN35 Music Podcast. Thank you very much for listening.